like that. You Hello, everybody, and welcome that. to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. We made it a full week, ladies and gentlemen. Give yourselves a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness, the snow has come in its fury. All hell hath no hell hath no fury here on the state of Iowa because every time it seems like we've get some nice warm, calm weather, then boom, we are slapped in the face with the snow because again, it's Iowa and it's the most unpredictable weather state in the country. I don't know if that's factual. I'm sure there's ways you can ch- calculate on which state is actually the most robust or <laughs> which day, which state's the most rogue when it comes to weather patterns, but Iowa is freaking weird and it feels like it's been on only Thursdays where all the snow is hit. And we get blasted, and it'll probably be gone by like next Thursday or next Wednesday, next Tuesday, something like that. It won't. I if it's if it's we're following patterns here, we are gonna get this. It's gonna be all gone by sometime next week if we're just following patterns. I haven't looked at the weekend weather forecast or what's coming, what the weather forecast is like for next week, but it just feels like it's gonna just start going away. And maybe it's completely gone by St. Patrick's Day when everything's all green and everything, oh, everybody's wearing green. Oh, look at all the grasses out, oh, all that stuff. So much fun. And I just got done watching Manchester United beat Real Betis uh, four to one. Uh, congratulations to Manchester United on that one. Fun game, stressful game at the start. And then the second half was just so easy. I said say at the start. At the start, Manchester United, for the most part, dominated the game. For the most part, dominated the game. And the Real Betis scored the goal. Iosi Perez scored the goal, who never scored a goal against Manchester United when he was on Newcastle or Leicester, but decided to pick up with a goal today. There was a questionable non-handball called on the lead-up to that play, but I digress. And it's not that big of a deal in the end because 4-1... Now, the thing is, though, though it's 4-1 and all but wrapped up for Manchester United to advance to the next round of the Europa League... They can't afford to look to the next round. They cannot afford to look to the next round. Because this is a team that is, you know, real in a Real Betis team, that is very solid. They're a very solid unit. So you can't just afford to go past. They might not be, they might be without Nabil Fakir, but you can't look past it. You can't look past it. Going back to Betis, or back to Sevilla, back to Seville, sorry, the green side of Seville, and try to take them on and looking towards the next round, play a complete backup team, don't do that. Still go for it. Still go for everything. Manchester United has fielded a strong squad in almost every single round of competitive play they've had this season. So I don't expect them to do that, but they can't afford to do that, especially after the result last weekend, or this past weekend against Liverpool, 7-0. Thankfully, I uh, that was the day I went Frisbee golfing. So I was not in my apartment watching that game. But when I left my apartment, it was 0-0. And then I see as I'm going to Altoona that it's 1-0 Liverpool. Cody Gakbo scored. And then just an onslaught of buzzes on my on my phone of Liverpool scoring, Liverpool scoring, Liverpool scoring, Liverpool scoring. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So this is a very nice bounce-back game for Manchester United, a very much-needed game back in front of Old Trafford. They needed this game. They needed a game like this. They needed a result like this. You couldn't come after, after that game and look flat-footed again. They needed to come out and have some sort of fight, and they did that. After being going up one nothing early in the game, somewhere around the six minute mark, Marcus Rashford scored, and then Real Betis score, and then the, it seemed like things were kind of switching a little bit. Not a ton, but Real Betis started to get a little bit more chances. There was a header that went off the bar or off the off the post. Sorry, for Betis in late in the first half, but then once the second half clicked in, they made their changes. Manchester United did, and then they had this whole different mindset, and they dominated the second half. Absolutely dominated the second half. Three goals from one from Anthony, one from Vutweghorst, and then who was the other one from? 
I'm completely Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez scored before Veghorst, but Fernandez got a header in at the the start of the second half from Luke Shaw corner. Anthony scored a curler, cutting in from the right side on his left foot in, and then Voot Veghorst scored after substitutes Palestri and McTominay. Somewhat combined, I say McTominay combined because McTominay took the shot and Weghorst uh, deflected it back in. It was deflected by Bravo, Claudio Bravo and then deflected in by Weghorst. But Palistri with the run up, great stuff from him. Great stuff from him. So again, 4 1, advance to the next round in Europa League is in sights. It's in sights. But again, do not look past them on this next game you got coming up. But before we get into what we really, 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 really want to talk about today. Let's go over some of the housekeeping items first. Make sure you go follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow and like the Facebook page. And then, of course, you're listening to it right now. The only way you know what I'm saying is if you're listening to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. So make sure you are following and are subscribed to both of them and leave a five-star rating. It could be a one-star rating or a five-star rating. Just let me know down below why you feel the way you do about good or bad or whatever. Do not care. But we also have another form of social media that I purposefully left out at that portion of that. We got a TikTok account. I never thought I'd say that. In 100 years, I never thought I'd say I got a TikTok account. I never had one. Like, even my own personal one. I've never had one. Like, people used to always go, do you watch TikTok? And I'm like, well, technically, no, but I watch a bunch of Instagram reels. So that's the same thing. It's the same thing. If you don't have TikTok and you have Instagram and you're watching reels, you're watching TikTok. Because it's all just things taken from TikTok or things posted on TikTok, on Instagram, whatever. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. So I've got a TikTok account, so you can follow that at The Logan Blackman Show. At the Logan Blackman Show. TLBS is what it's named, but the Logan Blackman Show is the at. And I find it funny. So I posted my first ever TikTok for Wednesday show. And we had this whole clip set up about CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson being the most likely two candidates for the Indianapolis Colts in the 2023 NFL draft. What was funny about it is I went on YouTube and just searched like copyright free music, copyright free music, copyright free background music, copyright free hip hop, beat, whatever. I was just trying to find something that would fit in the background of the video, and I did. And I put it in, and then I checked some of the, like, I posted on TikTok, got on Instagram, and uh, everything was going good. And then later in the evening, like around 7 o'clock, so I posted this thing, of, uh, what time around? Around, uh, probably around 8. Probably around 8, 8.30 is when I finally got it up. I don't remember exactly when, but sometime around 6.30, 7 o'clock that evening, uh, I went to go check on it. And I noticed there was no sound on it. And it got a copyright claim on it. This is after I searched for videos, copyright free music on YouTube. And I pulled the video up that was copyright free. And yet it still gets copyright striked, <laughs> which is awesome. We are 0 for 1 in our attempts for TikTok videos. But the funny thing is it didn't get taken down on Instagram. Instagram was fine with it. So why did TikTok go freaking crazy? Less than a day get a copyright strike against it. And they, the, it's funny when you click on the copyright thing on there, we will pursue other measures if it's ta- if it's not, if uh, this keeps happening or something like this. Well, don't title your video copyright free music if, if you're going to copyright strike it less than a day after, and only on Instagram, or only on, only on TikTok, and a TikTok that was just created that day. So we had a TikTok that was created, and then a video posted, and then with the day of that happening... Oh, your video striked. It's still up. 
I might just delete it because there's no point of having it up. You can't hear anything I'm saying. Like, it didn't just take the music. I would have been fine if it just took the music out. It took the entire audio file out. So there's just no sound in it. You can't even hear what I'm saying. You can't, like, you go to Instagram. That's where you follow the Logan Blackman Show 1 on Instagram, and you'll see it there, but you will not see it on TikTok. Well, again, I guess you'll see it, but you won't be able to listen to it. You won't listen to the great insight that we had there. And it, it's it's whatever. It's really whatever. I don't. It doesn't bother me all too much, but I'm going to have to try and find new music and double-check and triple-check that it is truly copyright-free music. Truly copyright-free music. So I, I can't take that risk again. I do not need every single video on TikTok taken down because it's copyright strike. I don't need that. It's not something I'm really wanting to do. So, yeah, just make sure you go and follow the TikTok account. I would greatly appreciate it if you did. And, uh, yeah. And I, I while we were on the topic, we were talking about, like, quarterbacks in the draft. We'll get to certain quarterbacks here in a little bit. But I, th- I feel like the only way we can start out the show properly is talking about Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson, the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, got exclusive, non-exclusive right franchise tag on Tuesday. So we were talking about it on the air. And then we were talking about it and kept going on about it, about what all the different things were going on with the different contracts. We got, like, Derek Carr signing a new contract, uh, or signing with the Saints. You got Geno Smith signing a new contract. You got Daniel Jones being a $40 million man with the Giants. And then you got Lamar Jackson, former unanimous MVP, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, which those other three quarterbacks we mentioned cannot say that. And all those guys got paid, and Lamar got non, non-exclusive non rights tra- franchise tagged, which essentially means any team out there in the NFL, if they offer two, uh, two first-round draft picks, they can trade for Lamar Jackson. That's it. Two first-round draft picks. And when you look at it like that, like two first-round draft picks on face value, you're like, oh, man, that's a lot of picks. That's a lot of picks. That's a lot of high-value picks. But yeah, then... You look at it from the aspect of, let's say you're the Falcons or something, okay? You're sitting in there at eight. Your team is not great. It's not terrible. It's just not great. But in the NFC South, one of the worst division, no, the worst division in football coming into this next season, you could have instantly transformed your team into a competitor with the signing, with the trade of Lamar Jackson. And you want to look at the first two round draft picks, for two first round draft picks. You're going to have the eighth pick this year. And then you're going to the picks maybe in the 20s next year. That's all you're giving up, really. You're giving up a top 10 pick and a 20th pick. And the 19th pick if you're the worst team in the playoffs next year. Like, your value, like, it's stupid to think that that's not going to be at least on the table. Or if you're the Washington Commanders, 16th pick and then a 20th pick. Because their team's better than the Falcons team is. And they haven't even stapled onto Sam Howell being the starting quarterback. You listen to what Ron Rivera said about Sam Howell going into the season is that, oh, he'll have a chance to compete for the starting job. He's our starter going in, but he'll have a chance. He's not our starter is essentially what he said. And uh, there was a a clip that I saw earlier today. And when I say earlier today, I mean about 15 minutes ago. (laughs) But the Chicago Bears have, quote, from Ryan Poles, has three, three first-round picks offered to him for the number one overall pick. So, yes, you might be getting a younger quarterback, but why even risk it? If you're a team like the Falcons, like the Commanders, I'm not saying those teams are going to be involved in trading for Lamar Jackson or trading up for the first overall pick, but you see these offers for the first overall pick, you know what Lamar Jackson is. There's question marks about this person, about whoever the first overall pick is, whether it's Levis, Richardson, uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever the hell it is, there's question marks around them. 
We know what Lamar Jackson is in this league. Lamar Jackson has won playoff games. He's won an MVP. He's won division titles. Like, this guy has already been there, done that. He's had a great career up until this point. I'm not saying it's a Hall of Fame career at this point, but he's had a really great career. He holds NFL records for rushing yards in a single season, which almost got broke by Justin Fields this past year, but did it. Like, Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the most electrifying players in the league, if not the most electrifying player in the league. And you compare him to, like, Kyler Murray. This is what we talked about when Kyler Murray first signed his massive contract. Do you remember that had that little contract stipulation of, oh, you have to have a week of film study or something like that because he doesn't watch film, which is not very surprising if you think about what Kyler Murray is as a quarterback. But Kyler Murray's average salary is $46.1 mil a year. Lamar Jackson has made just $32.4 million over his entire career. We talked about Lamar Jackson. When Kyler Murray signed that contract, Lamar Jackson being the first $50 million quarterback. And is this a situation of, did Deshaun Watson's, did, this screw, did the Browns screw up this entire thing by giving Deshaun Watson a whopping $230 million guaranteed? Because one of the things that people are talking about here is that this is going to be a blow for the NFL trying to get fully guaranteed contracts. Because they're afraid that if you're you're giving fully guaranteed contracts, this is an example I heard where you've got a player like Kevin Durant who just all of a sudden, I don't want to be here anymore. Or Kyrie, Kyrie Irving just doesn't want to be here anymore. And you have to trade him like that next day. The NFL doesn't want to do that according to, you know, things that are going on. But this is weird. This is weird. And how oft, how fast? Like, we talked about Lamar Jackson getting franchise tagged and then talked about on the show teams just saying no, that they're not interested. The Falcons even retweeted a guy saying that the Falcons weren't interested in Lamar Jackson or weren't in for Lamar Jackson. How can you be so in for Deshaun Watson and not be in this for Lamar Jackson, who is objectively a better quarterback and a better person than Deshaun Watson is? Like It's very confusing how this whole thing's gone down. It's very confusing how this whole thing's gone down. But man, like Lamar Jackson, 125 total touchdowns, won an MVP. Like, this dude is better than Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Like if you're a team like the Falcons or the Commanders, you might like Desmond Ritter, you might like Sam Howell, but are their ceilings really equal to that or greater than uh, Lamar Jackson's? Like, the Falcons have said, essentially, Arthur Blank has said that they have faith in Desmond Ritter. The Commanders have not said that. The Commanders have not said anything of the sort that they have 100% faith in Sam Howell. You hired Eric Bieniemy, who was linked with a job in Baltimore. Like, why not at least throw an offer at Lamar Jackson? Like, I don't really understand it. It's very confusing. And I'm not going to go with the whole Lamar Jackson's winning percentage thing, because Lamar Jackson has a 73.8 win percentage, which is fourth all time. I don't. I've said this before. Quarterbacks aren't a win stat, or a t- a quarter wins aren't a quarterback stat. Wins can happen because of quarterbacks, but wins are not dedicated solely off the back of a quarter. Look at the 49ers this year. The 49ers damn near went to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy at quarterback. If you were ranking the most important players in the 49ers offense, Brock Purdy probably comes in at number eight, maybe. Maybe you're, maybe I'm being a little mean to him, but he probably comes in at eight. He's not the reason the 49ers were in the playoffs or the why the 49ers were a game away from the Super Bowl. His injury affected the 49ers' chances of going to the Super Bowl because they didn't have a quarterback because Josh Johnson ended up getting hurt. So that screwed up their entire thing. But their defense, you got George Kittle, you got Debo Samuel, you got Christian frickin' McCaffrey. 
Like, quarterbacks are not the main... They can be a reason why you win, but they're not the sole reason why a team wins or loses the game. Not the sole reason. Like, the quarterback position. Like, Josh Allen, a, a loss goes against his record against the Chiefs last year in the playoffs. 13 seconds game. That's a, that's a loss for Josh Allen. So I'm not going to go down that route with Lamar Jackson's a, like this, like, oh, he's got this insane win percentage. But this is weird. This is weird. It's very odd to see how this is all going down. Zero interest. Zero interest. Every team that had quarterback questions going into this offseason came out and said that we are not interested in, or we're not in for Lamar Jackson. Like, all these teams were in for Deshaun Watson while the trial was going on of the sexual abuse allegations of the massage parlors, the 24, 26 different allegations going towards Deshaun Watson, and teams were still vocal about how they wanted Deshaun Watson. Like, you talk, again, the Falcons. They had Matt Ryan there. They have less quarterback questions. They have more quarterback questions this year than what they had last year, and still, instead, they were still insanely vocal that they wanted Deshaun Watson last year. The Saints were one of the teams up there as well. You saw the Jets. The Dolphins were linked heavily with them. The Browns obviously were linked heavily with him. Like, the, all these different teams were linked with Deshaun Watson. We're, like, open about, yes, we want Deshaun Watson. And yet, Lamar is not. And he's got no, to my knowledge, got no assault allegations against him. Has not sat out in an entire season. Because remember, when Deshaun Watson was getting traded, he sat out the entire season before. So, until he played for the Browns this season in Week 13... He had not played in damn near a season and a half. And teams were still vocal about him being their guy, about we're going to get Deshaun Watson. We want Deshaun Watson here. The Falcons, again, pissed off their greatest ever quarterback off to a certain, to such an extent to where he wanted out. Even when they didn't get Deshaun Watson, he still wanted out. And he went up to Indianapolis, and we'll see what the future holds for Matt Ryan. If he goes somewhere else, I have no idea what his future holds. But it is crazy. It is crazy, but... Yeah. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really understand it. I don't really understand it because if you've listened to the show long enough, you know how much I love and respect Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. And, and again, from all things considered as a person as well, he's the type of guy, uh, his personality wise of someone that you'd want to be the face of your franchise. And I don't know if this is a situation because Lamar represents himself. Lamar Jackson represents himself. So maybe not having an agent there is a reason behind this. I don't know. Like, it's, I think it's cool that he represents himself. I think a lot of people representing themselves, whether it's musicians, sports personalities, sport players, athletes, whatever, I think it's cool when they represent themselves. But is this something where it got to the point where, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's confusing. It is very confusing. In the same day that Daniel Jones got a $40 million a year contract, I know there's different stipulations behind what his contract is. I understand that. You can go look those up. But essentially, that contract for Daniel Jones, the same day Lamar Jackson gets non-exclusive franchise tagged, is Daniel Jones. Like I, I've Again, I've defended Daniel Jones on this program before, but it's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, come on. He makes just under what Josh Allen makes. Like, did Deshaun Watson really screw up this entire thing so much to where... No one wants to sign. Like, Deshaun Watson's guaranteed money is ridiculous. And it's just another example of the Cleveland Browns just screwing everything up yet again. Like, the Browns and Jaguars did their damnedest to try and screw up the entire NFL last year. 
Just two. It, it couldn't think of two better franchises to do that, though. The Browns and Jaguars. But I don't know what Lamar Jackson's future holds. I don't know if he's going to be in a in Baltimore next season. If some team's going to actually fork over two first round draft picks, that's it. That is it. The Houston Texans gave up first round draft picks for Deshaun Watson, and again he sat out an entire season and then was not allowed to play till week thirteen. And they still gave up first round draft picks for Deshaun Watson. Like I, I'm confused. I'm, I'm just really confused with how this whole situation goes down. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I like. But when we talked about when it first broke about Lamar Jackson getting franchise tagged, we talked about it going, "Oh, hey, he's not going to play in Baltimore. There's no way he plays in Baltimore." And then that was right after. Just followed up right after we said that. Then all the teams start coming out. And it's just weird. It's it could be lying season. Maybe they're trying to hold their cards close to their chest. Maybe they're trying not to piss off the quarterback that they have there. But when some of these teams again. Some of these teams don't have quarterbacks that have the right to be pissed off about potentially getting benched for Lamar Jackson. Like, it's not like the Falcons last year with Matt Ryan there, the greatest ever quarterback in Falcons history. Then they're going openly about, hey, we want to trade for this guy. I don't really care if you piss off Desmond Ritter. I don't care if you piss off Sam Howell. I really don't. I don't care if you're like the Panthers and you piss off Sam Darnold. I really do not care. Like, they do not have any reason to be pissed off. They're lucky enough to be in the position that they're at right now. And then you're going like, oh, we might be pissing them off if we say we're in for Lamar Jackson. It's weird. It's very, very weird. But we'll see how that all transpires. But another quarterback that's going to be on the move shortly or could be on the move shortly is Aaron Rodgers, which is not very surprising. because we've Again, I we have tried to not talk about this as much as humanly possible because as Google has shown with different, you know, uh, headlines for each thing about Aaron Rodgers. No one knows anything about what Aaron Rodgers is doing. No one knows what Aaron Rodgers is doing. No one knows what the Packers are doing. There's conflicting reports every other day surrounding Aaron Rodgers, what the Green Bay Packers are going to do. There was one post that I saw that said the divorce is imminent, and the next post was, oh yeah, they like each other. They're going to stay with each other. No one knows what's happening. Zero people involved. I don't even think the GM of the Packers, I don't think Rodgers know. I don't think anybody really knows what's happening. All we do know is that the Jets are move, trying to move heaven and earth to get Aaron Rodgers. We already talked about them getting Nathaniel Hackett. They're trying to do the Broncos thing. Broncos tried to get Rodgers last year, didn't get him. We got Russell Wilson, and that's a whole kettle, different kettle of fish at this point. And then the Jets have sent people to meet up with Rodgers. And the Jets reportedly are optimistic they're on the brink of landing Rodgers. That was from eight hours ago. And I got all these Jets players, whether it's Sauce Gardner or Brees Hall, talking about Aaron Rodgers. And it's weird because I like we talk about Lamar Jackson, about what the what the the what do you want to call it the price for Lamar Jackson would be. I think it's weirder for Aaron Rodgers. Like, this dude's 38 years old, 37, 38 years old. Like, the first-round pick, it's going to be weird. Like, uh, the Packers are looking for a first-round pick and then possibly another pick if Aaron Rodgers plays again next season. It's just very weird. What is, like, this dude's old, coming out the worst year of his career. And we're talking about giving a first-round pick, and the Jets don't have a late first-round pick. They have the 13th pick. That's a little bit different. And I'm talking about, like, if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, 
throughout his career, is Aaron Rodgers worth a first-round pick? Yes, he's worth a multitude of first-round picks. You see what the Russell Wilson deal was last year. How many first-round picks were involved in that? How many picks in general are involved in that? Times that by 10, and then you got Aaron Rodgers. Like, even Aaron Rodgers, his, one of his best quotes ever. Some of my down years are other people's career years. Aaron Rodgers is one of those dudes, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. And now we're going to see him follow the same path as Aaron Rodgers, or as Brett Favre, and go to the Jets. And possibly do an NFC North team after that. We'll have to wait and see. But again, the Jets players are tweeting about this. They're adding in. They're doing everything they can. Like this one right here. Matt, the reason Derek Carr signed with the Saints today is because he knew Jets are going all in for Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think the Jets were really in for Derek Carr. We've talked about this the entire time. I brought this up Wednesday, too, about the Jets being in for Garoppolo and Rodgers. Those were the two most obvious ones. And then after hiring Hackers, like, okay, they're going for Rodgers. That was obvious because there's no reason, based off what you saw last year, why Nathaniel Hackett should be an offensive coordinator. The only reason you hire him is because, oh, you think we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. And what helps the Jets in this situation and Joe Douglas, the GM, who seems to have a lot of faith in Zach Wilson, seems to have a lot of faith in Zach Wilson. So what this does, getting a quarterback that's 37, 38 years old in Aaron Rodgers, you are allowing Zach Wilson to quote-unquote develop under Aaron Rodgers, a guy that he has looked up to his entire career. Rodgers has said good things about Zach Wilson in the past. So it could be a... You know, a nice work environment for him. You look at what Geno Smith did in Seattle after sitting for six, seven years. Whether it was with the Giants, Jets, or Seahawks, he sat for a while. Maybe they want to do the same thing with Wilson. Maybe. I'm not saying they will, and I'm not saying that's the exact strategy that you should implement with this, but it's something that I could see the Jets in their infinite wisdom thinking of, especially with them continually talking about how much they like Zach Wilson based off really nothing. I really don't know what they're looking at with Zach Wilson and going like, yeah, this is good. We can build on this. But bringing in Aaron Rodgers, one of the, again, the great, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, that gives the Jets some legitimacy. And you look at some of their pieces on their roster, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Brees Hall, when back healthy, is going to be a problem. Garrett Wilson is already a problem. And then you've got, like, Corey Davis on the outside as well. Who knows what happens with Elijah Moore? We'll see what happens in that department. The O-line is going to get better, you would imagine. It's not terrible. It's not great, but you can add piece to that and make that better. You already got a solid defense with Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams. Like, you've got pieces on this team to be a competent football team, and adding in Aaron Rodgers just adds another insane quarterback to the AFC stockpile of quarterbacks. Like the a- We talked about this on Wednesday. The AFC versus the NFC in the quarterback race is actually ridiculous at this point. Even if you get a 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers, it's still like it's miles, miles, miles above the NFC. And I am intrigued, though, to see how Jordan Love does. Because the Packers, as things are pointing to, are going to get two first-round picks for this. Or not two first. They're going to have two first-round picks, one from the Jets and then their own pick. So right now, they're going to have the 13th to 15th pick in the draft. So the Packers could go a couple different directions there. I the A lot of people are linking the Packers to like different tight ends, which I could see being a possibility. But, you know, they could still improve the offensive line there as well. You've got Peter Skaronsky there from Northwestern, whose grandpa played for the Packers, who was, a, who was a freaking captain under Vince Lombardi in Green Bay. You know, the NFL always loves these different, like, oh, lubby-dubby stories like that. 
especially in the draft, like my dad played here or my grandpa played here or I was around the organization forever, and now this happens. So maybe that's an option there. And then you got Brian Branch, the safety cornerback hybrid, kind of, from Alabama. Could fit what they want to do. They're going to have a hold safety. You can go in an edge rusher like Lucas Van Ness just feels like a Packers player. Miles Murphy fits another hold mold of that bigger pass rusher the Packers like. If you want to go the athletic route, then you go with Nolan Smith. Like, there's a few different directions outside of, like, receiver and tight end that they could go because the Packers famously have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round since 2002. Famously. It gets talked about every single draft and every single mock draft you see that has, a, like, a Packers team drafting a wide receiver, drafting a tight end. It has a little caveat in there that says, I know, they're probably not going to do this. Packers haven't drafted anyone since 2002 with Javon Walker. Like, it says that in almost every single mock draft that has a tight end or wide receiver going to the Green Bay Packers. And I think it could be good for them to do that, like getting Michael Meyer from Notre Dame or Dalton Kincaid from Utah. I think it'd be fun to see. And maybe they want to go with a guy, give Jordan Love some weapons. Because the Packers realistically do not have, their receiving core is not bad. It's just young. It's just very young. With Romeo Dobbs getting injured. And then you have Christian Watson, who started walking, started kicking off later in the season. Help me on my route to my fantasy championship this year. Like they've got, they re-signed Aaron Jones. So, like, there's pieces there for Jordan Love to be successful. But it's going to probably take a little bit for everything to start gelling perfectly in Green Bay. But we'll have to see. Maybe Jordan Love t- hits the ground running right away. Maybe he hits the ground running. Maybe we have a follow-up, like Aaron Rodgers to Favre. Maybe we have that situation. We have a love, Monta- young, from Montana to Young to all these different quarterbacks, from Lossman to Edwards. Like, all these different, you know, great NFL lineages of quarterbacks that have one great and then followed up with another one like we could have one there possibly anyways possibly but the thing with Rodgers is very interesting because the Jets will be you know hyped up to the nth degree if and when they get Aaron Rodgers it's going to be insane and you know what's what's sad it's kind of already happened and I was on ESPN or I wasn't on ESPN I was on Twitter and ESPN I saw them tweet this out And they have a couple guys on there that are primo clickbait journalism guys. Primo guys. Like, if you were mailing an all-clickbait journalism team, these a couple of these guys would be headliners. And one of them is Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, he was another one of those weirdos that started ranking Derek Carr top five in the NFL in quarterback rankings. Like, not just NFC. Not just NFC. Not just AFC at the time. No, top five quarterbacks in the NFL, Derek Carr was in there. This is on the same breath of Derek Carr being a Hall of Famer. Derek Carr, top five quarterback in the NFL. All this stuff happened last offseason. And now Keyshawn Johnson has hit us with his latest great, great take that will definitely not backfire. If the Jets land Aaron Rodgers, they are Keyshawn Johnson's favorites in the AFCs. Aaron Rodgers probably be the best quarterback in the division, surpassing Josh Allen. Surpassing Josh Allen. Huh. That's fun. That's really fun. We're we're forgetting what Aaron Rodgers did last year. Like, Josh Allen was just an MVP candidate this year, for the second straight year. Third straight year, really. And now Rodgers is going to come in, coming off the worst year of his career, one of the, if you don't want to go the worst, one of the worst years of his career. And he's going to pass Josh Allen. Huh. That is interesting. That is very, very interesting. And is this what it felt like? I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say the Bills are the Patriots. I'm not saying that at all. They haven't won anything. So it's, I'd, it'd be idiotic of me to say that. 
But like when all those years, like every single time the Bills, Jets, or Dolphins added somebody, it's like, oh, now they're the favorites in the AFC East. Now they're the favorites in the AFC East. Like the Dolphins this year. Now they're the favorites when the AFC East. They went nine and eight. Like now they're the favorites after adding Tyreek Hill, after adding certain other people, Teron Armstead, the offensive line. Like, oh, now they're the favorites. Are they? If the Jets had Aaron Rodgers, they are a better team. But are they better than the Bills? I think the Bills are going to get a lot of hate this offseason, given the cap situation that they're in. There was just a report that said yesterday that they're going to be not trying to re-sign Poyer or Edmonds. They're going to let both of them walk, which is a real damn shame. And I saw a Bill, like, Bills fans are on Twitter. Like, my dad, <laughs> my one of my favorite quotes ever, and my dad was, <laughs> dad texted me this yesterday, is about Bills fans would uh, complain if they got a new hanging rope. Like, you're still hanging yourself. Like, you complain about that. Like, they complain about literally everything. I saw a guy on Twitter yesterday, unironically, say, is Tremaine Edmonds one of the biggest busts in Bills history? No second contract. No elite season. Like, really? One of the biggest busts in Bills history? Tremaine Edmonds. The only reason he's not getting re-signed is because the Bills signed Von Miller last year. They don't have the money. Because they could do the same thing with Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer should be re-signed. Edmonds should be re-signed. Like, Edmonds' impact... Edmonds is one of the most weirdly understood players in Bills' recent history. Maybe ever in Bills' history. The dude is very, very good at what he does. Very, very good. Possesses real unnatural length for the linebacker position. Is a great athlete. Sure, does he get caught out sometimes? Sure, sure. But so does everybody. But to say he's one of the worst players in recent Bills, one of the worst draft picks in Bills history, is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And it's a shame that he's not going to re-sign because the Bills don't have the money to. It's not that they don't want to re-sign him. They do want to re-sign him. They can't, realistically. If they want to fill out the other needs in their offense or their defense or wherever, I would love to re-sign Edmonds. We talked about this a few months ago, about if the Bills are deciding between Poyer and Edmonds, they're going to sign with Edmonds. Because he's younger. Poyer's older. Like I, He's almost 10 years younger. He's like 8 years younger than Poyer. So the, the connection of getting Edmonds in there, re-signed, versus Poyer just made more sense financially if you want to look at the future of the Buffalo Bills and stuff like that. But I don't know if they're going to be able to do that regardless. Regardless, if you want to build for the future, you got to re-sign Edmonds and not Poyer. But a lot of fans will want Poyer because Poyer, at his peak, is one of the greatest, is the one of the, you got him and Hyde, one of the greatest safeties in Bills history. The best safety tandem in the NFL and they're at their peak. Which their peak, you could say, was throughout their entire time in Buffalo. Best safety tandem in the NFL. So the Bills not being able to re-sign Edmonds, not being able to re-sign Poyer, there's going to be more attention to the other teams in the division. More attention to the other teams. So now the Jets sign Rodgers, the Jets are now the favorites in the AFC East. Okay. Now, did the Bills just have one of the weirdest 13-3 seasons of all time? Yeah, very strange. And is Stephon Diggs constantly getting linked to Dallas this offseason? Yeah, he is. But I don't really, like, to talk about Stephon Diggs going to Dallas, I don't think that's happening at all. I don't think, that. I think he wants to play with his brother at some point. He's been very vocal about that for however many years now. Since Trayvon's been in the league, or Trayvon's been considered a top talent in the league, Stephon Diggs and both both of them have said that, hey, we want to play with each other at some point. But I don't think the Bills are going to trade Stephon Diggs this offseason. I really don't think that. 
there's a bunch of reasons. There's a, like, what is it, 56 million reasons or 48 million reasons why the Bills won't trade Stephon Diggs. The dead cap situation is the big thing. And this is, again, what we talked about a little bit ago about the NFL not wanting guaranteed contracts because he could just leave if he was, like, in the NBA or something. Maybe he wants to go to Dallas. Maybe he hates his time in Buffalo. Maybe he hates being a Bill. But I can say this. For all the people that are like, oh, he disrespected Josh Allen. Screw off. Really? Actually, screw off. Like, I saw a post the other day. Disrespected Josh Allen. Disrespected the culture. Like, dude... My dad and I said this after the game. We said it after all the stuff went down, with all the videos going around about Diggs bitching out Josh. Good. That's what he should be. And Brandon Bean said it best. I want more Stephon Diggs, not less of them. Like, if you were actually upset by what Stephon Diggs did after the Bills-Bengals game, I don't know what to tell you. Because that's how I was reacting. That's how my dad was reacting. I'm sure, I would hope that's how most people reacting to that shit show performance that they played in that divisional round game against the Bengals. At home, no less. And then Stefan Diggs on HBO, on the shop on HBO, which I'm pretty sure is that LeBron James's show. I think so. I think I think it is. But Steph Diggs was asked what the Bills are missing, and Steph said, in quote, it doesn't make sense. I'll rack my brain around I'll rack my brain with this shit at this point. I think it's more execution than anything. Shit, it's small, small little piece on why it's not going right. We've got the players. We've got the plays. Why ain't shit coming together? That's where you draw the draw some of those questions. I've never, I never wanted to question who I am. I never want to question how I am. I'm giving this shit everything I've got. I'm dying on this hill for that. Yeah, as he should. I agree with everything he said because he sounds like a freaking fan. He sounds like me. He sounds like my dad. And one thing you can point out here, he says, we've got the players. We've got the plays. He keeps saying we. So I don't think he's not committed to the Buffalo Bills moving forward. I do think there is something there in regards to he wants to play with Trayvon. But he ain't leaving the Bills this offseason. He's going to play with um, uh, Trayvon at some point in his career. But uh, I highly doubt it's this offseason. And I really don't have any issue with Diggs being pissed off. I really have no issue of it. So yeah, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see how this how this works out. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. There's a lot of weird things that are going on right now in regards to the NFL whether it's the draft, whether it's player contracts, whether it's signing new players, whether it's Diggs wanting out of Buffalo, apparently wanting to play in Dallas. His mom was saying something on Instagram or liked a post about Trayvon Gil- or Diggs getting traded to Dallas. Uh, Diggs apparently unfollowed the Bills on Instagram, but Trayvon unfollowed the Cowboys on Instagram, so maybe that's a whole thing. Maybe they're trading each other for each other. I don't know, but yeah. We'll see how it all goes down. They're going to give up, if they want Diggs, they're going to give up a first-round draft pick. And it's going to be weird to see how it all works out if he wants, if if they ended up going through with the trade. Again, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. But nothing would surprise me at this point. And I saw some people on Twitter, like, he did this in Minnesota, now he's doing it in Buffalo. It doesn't change my opinion on Stephon Diggs. Nothing that's happened over these past however many weeks or months has changed my opinion on Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, regardless of what happens, is, and this is kind of sad given the history of the Buffalo Bills, but he's the greatest player, greatest receiver in Buffalo Bills history. 
Like, you look at the numbers, you look at what he can do on the football field. This dude's elite of the elite in the NFL. One of the greatest players in Bill's history, greatest wide receiver in Bill's history. His fire has been very big on how good this team has been over the past couple years, and he's rightfully frustrated. And now there's an opportunity to play with his brother, so he's going to talk about it. He's going to be very vocal about it, especially with how the game ended against the Bengals. He's going to be more vocal about it than ever. Very vocal. And maybe, maybe this is all a thing that Trayvon's going to come to Buffalo. Maybe that's the thing that's happening. Because Trayvon Diggs is a free agent. So maybe that's the thing that's happening. Trayvon Diggs is going to, going to Buffalo. It's not Stefan going to the Dallas. It's Trayvon going up to Buffalo. <laughs> that's, what's the, that's what the goal is anyways. Or he is, is he a free agent? I thought I saw somewhere he was a free agent. Because he did unfollow the Cowboys on Instagram. He did unfollow the Cowboys on Instagram. Hold on. I got to make sure I'm right in this. Oh, he's a free agent next year. Free agent next year. So is he still technically on the Cowboys? No, I'm thinking about it. Because I should have double-checked this before, but I was being told by sources that Trayvon Diggs was a free agent this offseason. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, Trayvon Diggs is not a free agent. <laughs> I was told by reliable sources that Trayvon Diggs was a free agent this offseason. There has been speculation that Bill Stephon Diggs would like to play with his brother with the Cowboys. I believe there's a chance. I believe the chance is small, but has not stopped his brother Trayvon Diggs from trying to recruit him to Big D, which just sounds just weird. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, it's not going to change my opinion about Diggs if he leaves or if he stays. I don't know. I don't know. I think Josh's injury had something to do with it, with the Bills downturn enough to play. I think that... I don't know. I think the injury to Josh really affected how the Bills worked on offense, but it is weird, and I agree 100% with him, how weird things went from dominating everybody to barely scraping through with teams they should be absolutely putting away really early. Like, we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. But who knows? Who knows? So I'm scrolling on Twitter right now, and everybody, like we talk about with the Bills fans on Twitter, like it's <laughs> there's there's people that are going everywhere on Twitter. This is the first year you guys will play with each other. Talking about Trayvon Stefan Diggs, Diggs. That's what's on schedule right now. So we'll see what happens. Well, I want to see what this quote is. Oh, they're going to go play each other. Not play with each other. Talk about Trayvon Stefan. Play play each other. And when was this posted? Was this posted today? It could have been posted today. It could have been for the Pro Bowl. I don't know when it was made. But, yeah. Yeah, this is... Oh, my God. This is what... Like, he said, that's the plan. We will... You guys... This is the first year you guys will play each other, not play with each other. That's what's on schedule right now. Because they do, in the regular season, the Bills and Cowboys do play each other. That is what's on schedule right now. So, I don't know. I This podcast, they follow me on Twitter. But he goes, sideline blow up in the playoffs, leaving locker room, locker room early, blowing off local media, doubling down on Radio Row, cryptic tweets, yes, his contract prevents him being traded, but coping by pretending this is some inside joke against Twitter, we're all on is odd. And then, uh, yeah, 
I guess Poyer, jo- Tremaine Edmonds, Josh Allen don't want to win. They certainly must not have that dog in them since they don't scream at teammates on the sideline. No, there's people react. This, okay, I can tell this person. I I could be wrong. Maybe this person was an NFL player at some point or a high-level player at some point. But uh, different people don't react the same to everything. So... I don't know. I, I don't get like they're talking about like maybe this like they can win. They can be upset with not having to scream at everybody. Some people act differently than that. Some people need to just let it out and vent a little bit. And he could be just having fun this all. I don't know. I'm not Stefan Diggs. It's going to be another Aaron Rodgers situation where no one knows what's going on. No one knows what's going on. We're just going to play it out. We're just going. I'm going. I'm done talking about it because I don't. I'm going to keep circling back and forth with everything. So I don't know. We're going to stop talking about it. But. Oh, I just, uh, the Rams would love to trade Matt Stafford. Hmm. So we'll see Matt Stafford now go to the AFC. The Rams have called teams about trading Matt. Uh, the, wait. Teams have, the Rams have called teams about Matt Stafford? The Rams are just calling anybody and go, hey, what do you want for Matt Stafford? Is he available? He is now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. It's fun. We're in a really fun time. We're at a really, really fun time. We got no, Rodgers going off to where maybe going to the Jets. We got Lamar not being franchise tagged or being franchise tagged. We've got Stephon Diggs wanting to leave Dallas. We've got all these different things going on. And then I saw yesterday uh, Pete Prisco, who always has a good tweet in him, always has a good tweet in him. Uh, he said, uh, if Will Levis went to Alabama or Ohio State, he'd be a slam dunk in the top pick of the draft. The funny thing is... As much as you may like Will Levis, and I like Will Levis, I do like Will Levis. I don't want to sit here and sound like I don't because I think he is talented. I think he's got a really strong arm. I like his, uh, I like how he carries himself. I like his confidence. Now, I do think it's funny about the whole cannon thing and under not throwing deep, deep ball, like not having the best deep throw at the combine. It was it, it, that part's kind of funny to me. But what is funnier though is this tweet. Because you might like Levis, you might like him a lot to say that if he was at Bama or Ohio State or wherever, he'd be the number one pick. The problem with that is he probably wouldn't be starting if he was at Ohio State or Alabama. Because uh, they have Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Levis transferred from Penn State and was behind Sean Clifford. And I'm there was an insane development period at Kentucky where I think he went, he played really well. Last year he played really, really well. Battled a lot of injuries this year, had an offensive coordinator change, bad offensive line, no real weapons around him apart from Chris Rodriguez, who missed the first four games of the season. Never changed their style of offense after they realized, oh, this shit don't work. And you look at Alabama and Ohio State, look at what Bryce Young did, you look at what C.J. Stroud did, uh, he's not starting at either of those schools. He might be a better prospect to some people out there, given how big he is, given how athletic he is, given how strong his arm is. Because you were looking at all those different metrics, he has that over Young and Stroud. But he wasn't going to be a starter at Alabama or Ohio State. If you wanted to trade Levis or Stroud to Kentucky in exchange for Bryce Young, or in exchange for Will Levis, I don't think they'd accept that. It's a, that he wouldn't, He wouldn't be the slam dunk top pick. I think being a Kentucky allows people to look at him and go, wow, look at what wasn't around. This will cause, there's there's two sides to this, I guess. That will cause people to look at him and go, wow, this guy sucks. Look at his numbers. His numbers stink. He's bad. And then you look at, he plays at Kentucky. 
Like, you can have those two different things. Like, he doesn't have the same weapons, the same, uh, what do you want to call it, the same resources that a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud have at Ohio State or Alabama. He doesn't have that. So there are some excuses there for that. But I can promise you this. If he was at Alabama or Ohio State, he'd be the backup to Stroud or Young. Just based off what they did in college, Bryce Young, Heisman winner, C.J. Stroud, back-to-back Heisman finalist, Will Levis, good in college. Expecting a lot him to be a lot better in the NFL. At least I am. But I, I, Pete Prisco always has a fun tweet in him. Always has a fun tweet. <laughs> it's always fun. Always fun with Pete Prisco. But uh, with the sticking on the draft subject, we've talked a lot about first-round quarterbacks in this year. So we've talked about, like, Levis. We've talked about Young. We've talked about Stroud. we talked about Richardson and all those different things. And Mock Draft 2.0 will be coming out Monday for you, so stay tuned for that. I thought it'd be fun to go back to the quizzes, to the Sporkle quizzes, and try to name second-round quarterbacks. Or no, 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 I changed it. I changed it. Sorry, 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 sorry. I did change this last second. I forgot about this. Not second-round. I had that sick transition for you ready to go. But with these different quarterbacks, you look at Levis, Stroud, Richardson, Levis, all those guys. You look at them. And there's going to be, obviously, like, people make a prediction about who's going to win Rookie of the Year. And when you look at the Rookie of the Year candidates, usually it goes to the quarterback. They're going to be That's how most awards go. That's how most awards go. MVP goes to the quarterback 99% of the time. Officer Rookie of the Year will go to the same thing. If the quarterbacks are having a down year, like they kind of did this year, then you'll have a Garrett Wilson step up to the plate. Like You'll have one of those situations. It's very rare when a player outside of a quarterback wins Rookie of the Year. But with that Rookie of the Year thing... You look at their numbers. You win Rookie of the Year, you have to put up good numbers. So this is going to go through NFL passing leaders by draft year. So it's the most passing yards by quarterbacks in each year. So we got 2022 all the way to 1980. We got seven minutes to name 43 players. Do you think we can do it? Hopefully. We'll have to wait and see. So three, two, one, let's go. So 2022 it would probably have to be Trevor Lawrence, right? Okay. Or 2021, sorry. Not 2022. 2022 is... Would that be Pickett? Did Pickett lead rookies in pass? Okay, he did. Uh, 2020, is that Burrow? It's Burrow or Herbert? Burrow had the ACL tear, so it's Herbert. It's Herbert. It's Herbert. Herbert, 2019? Has to be Kyler Murray. Has to be. 2018, that's Josh? Yeah. 2017? Uh, 2017. Who's the 2017 draft class? That was, oh, it's Mahomes. Why am I second-guessing that? 2016, is that, does Goff have more than Wentz? Or is Dak? It's probably Dak, isn't it? No. Is it Goff? It is Goff. Because I guess Dak had missed missed time this year. He missed time last year, or the season prior, whenever he had an ankle injury. His ankle injury. 2015? Is that Jameis? It is Jameis. 2014? Who's the first pick in 2014? It's not Cam Newton. Cam Newton was 2011. 2012 was Luck. 13 was Fisher. Who was 2014? Was that Clowney? Okay, that was Jadavian Clowney. Is it Bortles? Did Blake Bortles have that? No? Who else was the second round? Who who was the other? So we have Bortles. You have Manziel. You have Bridgewater. Oh, oh, ooh. Is it Derek Carr? Yes, it is. <laughs> I didn't even know. I just noticed this. They have the round to which they were drafted in here. So this could, this could actually be very helpful. 2013? This was the... Eric Fisher draft. There's only one quarterback draft in the first round. That was, you know, EJ Manuel. So is would Gino be number one there? Yeah, he would be. 
2012, 2012 was the, you know, Luck, Griffin, Tannehill was eighth. Is it, it's Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson. Uh, 2011, so that was Cam Newton. Is this one Andy, I think it's Andy Dalton, right? Yeah, okay. Because Andy Dalton, because that was the year uh, the Bengals were at fourth and took A.J. Green. They got Andy Dalton in the second round. 2010? 2010 was Bradford. It, would that be Bradford? It is Sam Bradford. 2009's Matt, uh, Matt Stafford. We just talked about him because he's thrown for a bunch of yards. 2008? Who'd been 2008? So 2007 was Jamarcus Russell. 2008. Is that Matt Ryan? It is Matt Ryan. 20, 2007? Who'd been 2007? 6,000 yards. That's not a very great one. So we have Russell in the first round. We have Brady Quinn later in the first round. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and come back to that one. 2006, that would have been... So Alex Smith was 2005. In regards to first overall draft, I'm just trying to think of first overall. Mario Williams was 2006. Is that... Oh, it's Cutler. It's Cutler. It's Cutler. 2005, that's Rodgers. 2004, Manning, Rivers, Rivers, or Roethlisberger. We're going to go Roethlisberger. Or is it Rivers? It's Rivers. Oh, it's Roethlisberger. Okay. 2003, that was David Carr. No, David Carr was 2002. Was Carr 2002? He's not even in that. Who's 2003? Palmer. Carson Palmer. 2002, Harrington? Who would have been to? Who would have been 2002? I don't remember. Vic, 2001, that's Breeze. Vic, Breeze was the 32nd pick in the draft, but there was only 31 teams at the time. 2000, 2000, that's Tom Brady. 1999, that would have been, that was Couch's draft. Is that McNabb? It is McNabb. 97, second round draft pick from 97, that would have been the Orlando Pace draft. Who would have been drafted in 97? I do not remember. 90. Okay, we're going to. I've got three minutes left. 1996. Is that. God, this, uh, this is getting hard. 95. Was 95 Blood So or is that 93? I'm going to go 93 is Blood So. Yeah. And then 91. I know Aikman's 89 has to be. And then 83. Is that. Uh, it's Marino. And then, I'm just going to go to the first round draft picks. I think that'd be easier. Well, who's the second round pick at 91? 70. Oh, it's Favre. What? <laughs> I looked at the numbers. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I know this one. I know this one. Uh, then we've got 94. Is that, um? oh, crap. Is that Elvis Grabak? Uh, who did they get? It was that. Is that the Heath Schuler year? I think that's Heath Schuler. I don't know. I because they, they they drafted a guy in the seventh round that same year that they drafted Heath Schuler like third overall, the Washington Commanders. Two thousand seven though. That one's bothering me. Six thousand yards. That's it. Is that Greg McElroy? I don't know. Two thousand two. 17,000 yards? Who else was drafted that year? Is it, oh, is it Culpepper? No, Culpepper was way earlier than that. Culpepper was earlier than that. He was in the McNabb draft. He was like 11th overall. 2002. Third round draft picks. That's Derek David Carr. Joey Harrington was in there. 
17,000 yards. There's some on here that are very upsetting to me, like 1995. Is that McNair? Is it Kerry Collins? Yeah, Kerry Collins, 95. Who did the who'd Washington draft with Heath Schuler? Because that's what's kind of pissing me off right now. I'm blanking on a lot of these. Steve Young's got to be somewhere in there. Nope, I guess not. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just typing in random names at this point. Boomer Esiason has to be in there, but I can never spell his name, so we gotta use it. We gotta we gotta cheat a little bit. We gotta cheat a little bit. Esiason, there we go, <laughs> because I can never spell his freaking name. Randall Cunningham, 85. Uh, Jim McMahon. <laughs> We're just spamming names right now. Um, 1987, first-round draft pick, 46,000 yards. Testaverde has to be in there. Yeah, okay, that was him. 86. I've gotten 33 out of 43. i got 10 seconds left. Uh, the Washington one's really pissed me off. That one's going to piss me off the most. 1994. I spelled Harbaugh wrong, but I think Harbaugh is one. Gus Farratt, that's who I was thinking of. And then I put a 15-second ad in front of me. I was right on the team. I just kept putting Elvis Grabach in there, but he was on. He was at Baltimore and in Kansas City. I don't know why he was the one that popped my head. It was Gus Farratt. I know that 100% now. Jake Plummer, yeah. Tony Banks with the Ravens and Rams. Gus Farratt. Yeah, Brad Johnson. I did not know he was a ninth-round draft, but Jeff George in 1990, yeah, first overall pick. Chris Chandler with the Falcons. Jim Everett, he always trips me up. Jim Everett always trips me up. Trent Edwards, no! <laughs> I didn't get Trent Edwards. We brought up Trent Edwards earlier. Trent Edwards, 2007. Oh, my God. How bad of a draft is that? It's even worse in hindsight. The best quarterback in that draft class is Trent Edwards. Oh my goodness. That was Russ, Jamarcus Russell and Brady Quinn. Oh my goodness. I so that was, Yeah, Marshawn Lynch was drafted 12th. They drafted him the same year. I guess in my mind, I thought Trent Edwards was a second-round pick. I don't know why. But even then, he never. I never once thought Trent Edwards would be the answer for the most passing yards in a draft year. And then Josh McCown was 2002. So I had 77%, 33 out of 43. We'll take it. We'll take it. They're, like Jim Everett. What what is the one? It's Jim Rome with Jim Everett, but I don't remember what he calls him. He calls him like Chris or something. He's like, "Call me Chris one more time, and I'll flip the table." <laughs> he calls it. He's like, "Okay, Chris." <laughs> then he does it. He tries to beat up J uh, Jim Rome, but I Tony Bank. There's some on here like Jeff Georgia should have gotten. I got all the first round draft picks except for Jim Everett, which I'm fine with. Which I'm perfectly fine. With. Well, and Jim Everett and Jeff George, but Jeff George is the one I should have gotten because again, first overall draft pick. By the Colts. Like, Jake Plummer was the Cardinals pick. Tony Banks, I'm pretty sure, was with the Rams when he got drafted. Gus Farratt, Washington. Brad Johnson was the Vikings. Jeff George, Colts. Chris Chandler was the Falcons. At least I think he was drafted by the Falcons. I know he played for the Falcons. Jim Everett, I know he played for the Rams. I don't know if he got drafted by the Rams. And then Neil Lomax, no idea. Uh, Josh McCown, was he, he was drafted by the Cardinals. And Trent Edwards, obviously, drafted by the Bills. I'll take, I'll take a 77%. I'll take a 77%. Hopefully one of these guys in the first round this year leads their draft class in passing yards. I hope they do. It'd be very cool to see that. But um, it doesn't always work out. Like, it's it's really sad to think about this. Not every player that gets drafted in the first round will work out. Isn't that insane? Like, these are all the best of the best. 
there's going to be someone drafted in the sixth round that's better than a first rounder. Every year. I'm not saying specifically sixth round, but like there's going to be players drafted in the later rounds that are better than players drafted in the first round. Those are the best players in the draft class, apparently. Like I was watching a graphic the other day, scroll across the TV with my dad. We were at lunch the other day. And it was all these players, like, you can't miss prospects and all these different guys. It's like, some of these guys aren't going to make it. And it's going to be sad to see, but that's the, that's the sad reality of it. And some of those quarterbacks that made it on there that led their draft class in passing yards, Trent Edwards, like, not did not make it. And he led his class in passing yards. Sad. Sad stuff. But I'm going to end it there. We're going to have a little shorter show today. We've had a couple hour and a half long shows recently. We didn't talk about the draft too much today because there was a lot of contract stuff to talk about. I think the show is kind of all over the place, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you did not, just leave a leave a description down below on why you didn't like it or why you did like it. And leave a rating on five stars. Make sure you're subscribed as well. And follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. And then uh, the TikTok account, the Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you follow that as well. I've been Logan Blackman. I will see you later. Have a good weekend. Peace.